Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Smita Daya of Ole Oliva. Smita, welcome on the show. Hi, Nitin. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Pleasure is all ours. So tell us who is Smita. So in one minute, I'll tell you who Smita is. Smita is a very highly motivated person. I'm very creative. Uh, I'm very energetic. I have a lot of energy around me. I'm a very happily married uh, wife, and I love being mom to two beautiful daughters uh, and a grandmother to a grandson. Um, and that's who I am. I'm, I'm a trained um, Ayurvedic consultant and an Ayurvedic chef. Yeah, that's who I am. That is awesome. And we're looking, to, looking forward to learning more about you. Yes. So you have a beautiful setup. Yes. Tell us what is Ole Oliva. So Ole Oliva, I'm actually sitting in the store right now. And I'm in the back of the store. I'm in my Ayurvedic kitchen. And in front of the store right here is uh, my retail space. Um, so Ole Oliva was founded in 2016. It was founded on the premise that I wanted to do something very different. I wanted to uh, create um, an ambiance, but I also wanted to create um, the Ayurveda and the Mediterranean and fuse it. So I wanted to create a healthy approach um, to eating. And how do we do that? Um, General principles in Ayurveda tell us what to eat, how to eat, when to eat. And the Mediterranean diet is very healthy, but in a very celebrative way. You know, they're always celebrating and it's all food and it's people and, and everybody gathers and it's, it's a wonderful time. Uh, but just bringing the Ayurvedic principles to a healthy Mediterranean lifestyle. And that's how Ole Oliva was founded. You were in the legal industry for a good 25 years. Yes. What, what happened? Why, why make the switch? 25 years was a long time uh, to work in corporate, in legal. And uh, as I turned 50, I uh, had this calling that I had to do something different. Um, I turned around to my husband on my birthday. It was my birthday, 50th birthday. And I just turned around and I say to him, I said, Delip, I think this is it. I think my resignation goes in today, and obviously that was a total surprise for him. Um, and his question to me was, well, what are you gonna do? And I said, well, I'm gonna focus and develop my interest in healthier cooking. I want to experiment and see you know, what is uh, feasible for me to do. And I love cooking, my passion is cooking, healthy cooking. And like I said, you know, the Mediterranean style with the Ayurvedic style, um, I, you know, just wanted to create a different niche. And um, so, you know, obviously education was a big part of it and, um, you know, travel the world to make sure that this is what I really wanted. Um, and then just went out and took the challenge and here we are six years later. And absolutely look, enjoying it. Yeah, I was gonna say, you look like you're, you're absolutely enjoying it. Yes. Yes. You, you've always been passionate about food and very knowledgeable, you know, that comes usually with the passion. And you could have started the business pretty much right away, but you didn't. You went through three years of schooling, a lot of certifications. And not only that, you also sent your husband to school. Yes, yes, I did. So why uh, do that? And why not just, you know, jump in and get started? 
you know, in this industry, you know, especially because I'm dealing with food. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're dealing with food, you want to make sure that you have the correct knowledge behind the food that you, you know, we have 85 flavors of olive oils and vinegars. Wow. Uh, we co-share a farm in Italy. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that um, we had the knowledge behind the olive oil, the sensory analysis, um, the intricacies of the industry so that we can deal with the farmers on the milling side as well. Mm -hmm. um, on the food side, I decided that I needed to go back and get nutrition, my nutrition certificate in plant-based whole foods, in Ayurvedic uh, nutrition, uh, as a consultant, as a, as a chef. Um, I did my state of health in Ayurveda. I wanted to make sure that um, if I'm teaching the classes, which we have a lot of workshops and I do Ayurvedic um, style classes here as well, I wanted to make sure that the education was there. It was knowledge-based. Um, and not just opening the, the retail space just for the heck of opening the retail space, but knowing everything from ground up. Yeah. And, and you sent your husband to become a sommelier in- He did, absolutely. So he went to UC Davis um, and in the, in the first year and he became an olive oil sommelier. And then we also sent him back again and he became a wine sommelier. And um, you know, for me, it was going to Cornell, um, you know, making sure that the certifications were all there for this for the store. So even with my employees, when we're training, that it is everything is education based and knowledge based. And hopefully, Dilip wasn't complaining about all the wine he had to taste. Oh no, he had so much fun. <laughs> he was just having too much of a fun. <laughs> yes. So. You know, food is not the easiest of industries and, you know, so why food and, and why Ayurveda? You know, why Ayurveda and why food? Um, food is so important. You know, every single time we put something in our mouth, um, we, it either heals you or it harms you. Mm -hmm. um, and Ayurveda teaches us to get back to the rhythms mm -hmm. of nature. It, is, it slows us down. It is about your digestive system. You don't have your digestive system connecting with your, you know, your mind connecting with your gut. Um, you know, you start, end, start ending up having different diseases. Um, so it was very important knowing um, the right foods that go in your mouth. Um, you know, 80% of what we eat has an effect on how our body works, how our mind works, and the connection between the mind and the body. So Ayurveda teaches us um, based on our body types, um, you know, what works for us, what doesn't work for us. And so that was very important for me. And, you know, as you go about it, as you kind of, you know, you, you went through a lot of the trainings you'd mentioned, you, you lived in a, in a Vedic way, in a, in a monk way. Mm -hmm. uh, what were some of the learnings from that that you incorporated and inculcated into not just how you cook, but these sessions you do? Tell us a little more about that. Um, so in, in the sessions that I do, I do um, Ayurveda basic 101 classes here also. We teach you the whole process of how to prepare your meal, um, to saying a prayer, making sure that you're thanking everybody along the way that brought the food to your table. Um, we teach you about, you know, simple gratitude. Um, gratitude is very important uh, in Ayurveda, especially with food. Um, and setting your intention. What intention do you have? 
um, you know, a lot of people do weight di diets and weight loss um, programs. Um, you know, if you are in this and, and if you're eating your food for just losing the weight and not putting an intention to it, you're not going to lose the weight. So in setting your intention is very important. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Um, how do you breathe? Um, you know, your pranayama. So you do your alternative nostril breathing. Um, just being relaxed in the kitchen because remember the chef that prepares the food, the home chef, the foodie, whoever prepares the food, the vibrations are going into the food that we serve to everybody in the family. So it was very important, the method of how we um, serve the food, how we prepare the food, how we clean the food. Um, it's a very spiritual act. Yeah. Simple. So it's, it's a very spiritual act. Yeah, it, food food is not just what we eat, right? It's, it's so right. much more than that. It's so experiential. A life force. It's prana. It's life force. It gives us that energy to give us the vitality and virility to to live. Mm -hmm. So true. The the people that come to you, how do they find you, and what are they looking for? So you know, we get all kinds of customers. Um, you know, professional chefs. We get home chefs, um, foodies that come all the time. Um, we get also people that are looking for a holistic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're coming here because I'm also involved with some yoga studios and mm -hmm. uh, meditation. And, and so they're looking for this holistic lifestyle. And, and so they do find me that way. Um, they can find me on Facebook. They can find me through oleoliva.com. Um, I have a retail space with brick and mortar here in the Marietta, Georgia area. So if you're here, look me up. Um, yeah. Yeah, there is Ayurvedic food and then there is Indian food. Yes. Are there commonalities or differences? Like, yes. you know, how does one know from one from the other? So much of the Indian food is originally based in the Ayurvedic philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, it's an approach to life that promotes mindful eating. Um, it is you know, in Ayurveda, the diet is based on fresh, easily digestible foods. Um, you know, so it's the principle that brings on the awareness of how, what, when we eat, mm -hmm. uh, according to the planetary um, timings, you know, like at 12 o'clock, your digestive fire is the strongest. Mm -hmm. At six o'clock at night, your body's trying to shut down and you're trying to relax. So it's not going to digest um, the foods as, as much. Mm -hmm. um, but much of the Indian foods are based on the Ayurvedic philosophy. And now when you mix in olive oil with Indian cooking, which tends to have a lot more cooking, how does that work? So olive oil is Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. We use a lot of ghee right, in right. Ayurvedic cooking. Both have a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. It has a nutrient synergy. So when we're heating up, um, you know, when, when we're heating up the, the olive oil or the ghee, and then we put some spices, healing spices like cumin and mustard seeds, fenugreek, what you're doing there is you're releasing the medicinal properties of those healing spices. And when you do that, it actually gets absorbed into the foods that you're going to eat mm -hmm. so that they can then better, better be absorbed into your system. It's a nutrient synergy. Basically, the heating of the oil or the ghee extracts the carotenoids, the minerals. Um, it extracts all the vitamins, um, you know, and all the nutrients that they need to from the food. So it's 
it goes both ways. So you have to heat up the oil and, and the ghee. Um, you can use, obviously, olive oil as a finishing and all of that. But if you are using healing spices, I would suggest just heating it up a little bit just so that your um, the seasonings um, or the uh, mustard seeds or the cumin seeds can release the, you know, the medicinal properties of, of them. It makes so much sense. And it, it kind of explodes my head that food is, we take food for granted, but there is so much science behind it. Which brings me to my next question that not all foods are created equal and not all kinds of foods are good for everyone. Something that Ayurveda has known for centuries. So tell us a little more about that. So Ayurveda is based on the principle that there are five elements in the universe. Mm -hmm. And those five elements are the space, the air, the earth, the water, the fire. Mm -hmm. Those are the five elements. And those five elements are also in us. So what is outside is inside. And basically, the five elements make up our body. So two of those elements will make up. If you're a dual dosha, obviously, you'll have two or more elements. But if you're a single dosha type, then you'll have two of the elements. So um, for example, I am a vata type. Mm-hmm. Vata is made up of air and space. So basically, I'm missing the other three elements, the fire, the earth, and the water. How do I bring those other three elements as far as food is concerned in my body or my senses? And, ha- and then that would balance my, uh, my whole being. Um, if you are a pitta type, a dosha, pitta dosha type, you are basically a fire and water. And so you're missing the other three elements. And then kapha is made up of earth and water. And that's more heavy. So basically, vata is any movement. The principle of vata is any movement in our body, blinking, our heart pumping. Um, Pitta is basically metabolism transformation. It's the principle of that. Um, And it's about our digestive fire. Pitta, you know, the, the, the pitta resides in your digestive fire, but not just that, also your digestive intellect. Um, Kapha is basically our structure, our body structure, our tissues, our body tissues, um, you know, our bone structure. And, and so that's what kapha is. But we need, we have all five of them, but sometimes you're imbalanced in two of them. And how do you balance it? And you bring it together. So it's, it's you know, it's a science. And, and you do a lot more than just educating people about Ayurveda and the food. Please tell us a little more about that. So, you know, I, in my classes, every class has a lecture, mm-hmm. um, you know, and every lecture after the lecture is done, we actually get in this kitchen here and we actually learn to cook for your body type. Um, so, you know, it's not just, okay, here's a cooking workshop and we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, we go through the, the whole lecture. So based on what we're talking about, so we can do a, a lecture on AMA, uh, which is toxins. Uh, we do, you know, different lectures on how to drink water ayurvedically. Simple mm-hmm. class, but it's very important how you drink your water. Um, digestion, you know, is your digestion low? Is your digestion, you know, very fast? Um, so we do, you know, different classes. Um, right now we're going to go into fall and we're going to go into vata season. So mm-hmm. how do you pacify for vata season? So it's um, it's empowering the clients, the customers. Uh, knowing that they have um, some information to make that one change. And if they can make that one change, 
um, and then apply that in their life, um, that would help them to make you know, subtle changes as they go along. You don't have to make all of your changes at the same time. It's just one tip. If you take that one tip away from here, I think I've, I've been able to do my job. You know, it's phenomenal to me that in this age and time of lifestyle diseases, a major portion of which is coming from the food we eat and the things we drink. You know, this is such a key component to not only be preventive, but if you've had some of those issues, you know, without having to take a lot of medication. Correct. So Ayurveda is basically, you, it's preventative care. Right. Right. Um, so it gets to the root cause of what your problem is, not just, um, you know, on top, on the surface level. It actually, if you really are deeply involved, then it gets down to your root level, you know, basically on your body tissues and your, you know, what, what's your root cause of your problem. You know, a lot of people say they have gluten issues, they have, they have Crohn's disease or um, diabetes. Those are preventative. You can easily prevent some of those things by just eating the right foods and switching. Um, it doesn't mean giving up. Uh, you know, one of the classes that I teach is very popular is um, on augmenting and extracting. Mm. A lot of people don't realize how important it is to get augmenting and extracting foods in your in your uh, in on your plate when you're plating. Um, augmenting foods are basically you know sweeter foods, sweet, sour, salty, which build your tissues. And extractive are bitter, pungent, and astringent, which is just that. It's extractive that help you break down the healthier fat. So I think the basic understanding of, you know, it's such a simple way of doing things mm -hmm. and it's getting back to the basics. But knowing how to get back to the basics is, is what we are here for because everything is so fast in this life. Everything, mm -hmm. it's just go, 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 go all the time. Um, how do you slow down and think mm -hmm. what is good for your body and your mind? So that brings me to two questions. One is, you know, like you mentioned, we're just running to stay at the same place, right? So how does one get started with this? What kind of time frame does it take? And do you take classes online? Uh, and, you know, where does one start? Right? That's question one. Then yeah. after that, we can come to, you know, as entrepreneurs, which tends to be majority of our audience, you know, we tend to live busy lives. So if you can tell us, you know, in a few minutes, how can one not just get started, but also remain on path? Sure. It's, you know, Ayurveda is a lifestyle. It is not a quick fix. It is a lifestyle. And, you know, I always say take baby steps. You don't have to change anything overnight. You take baby steps. Um, the first thing that you might want to do is do a consultation. A consultation is basically where you come in, you answer a few questions. Um, there are some quizzes that are online. Uh, if you want to do in-depth, um, you know, you can find an uh, Ayurvedic cons uh, consultant in your area. Um, but you basically get started with that. Once you get the consultation going, um, you will be given a summary of what your body type is. Um, what food, you know, maybe a food list of what works for you, what doesn't, um, some of the lifestyle changes that you can make for your body type, um, you know, those kind of things. So it, it's, it's a slow process. Um, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle for me. Uh, and I absolutely will not change my life for anything else. This is 
this is me. I am the most happy as my kids tell me, mom, you know, everything is, is so different now. Um, and they're just so happy to see me happy. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle. So yeah, it takes a while. It takes time. Uh, but baby steps, um, the first step is to start with a consultation. And once I think with, with a lot of other things in life, once you make the choice, mm -hmm. then making the next set of choices is so much easier. It is. And, and you'll feel better. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so much clarity in your mind when, when you're thinking, when things happen, you know, being able to be stepping back and, and being able to make the right decision at the right time. There's so much clarity and, and the fogginess goes away. And, and I think that's also very important to have in your mind. I want to switch gears a little bit and, and kind of bring this to, to you in terms of when you decided to convert your passion into your profession, how did it feel? You know, converting my passion into, you know, my profession, I didn't look at that as just passion. I looked at that as an opportunity to develop myself mm -hmm. and learn as I was going, you know, learn and improve my life. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is not just about, you know, opening up a business. It's mm -hmm. about learning to listen. Um, it's learning to receive. It's learning to um, guide people, make people's lives better. So for me, it was just not a passion. It was developing myself mm -hmm. and always learning new things about myself, challenging myself. And, and so that was very important for me. Um, but I absolutely love it. Every day is a new day. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just really thrilled to be here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, the, it's, it's a change in perspective, right? It's, it is. If you have that entrepreneurial mindset, a challenge is an opportunity is exciting yeah. compared to if you're not an entrepreneur, you want to run away from it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so much more than just making the money, right? Entrepreneurship is, is it's community. It's giving back. It's, it's everything. It's challenging. And what can you do to help others? So true. It's making a change in one life at a time. And that's exactly what you're doing. I hope that's what I'm doing. I hope so. I hope that I can make one simple, um, you know, change in somebody's life and, and, and help them to be better. Yeah. But you absolutely are. And you're making it in such an integral way. You know, we eat several times a day, if not less. Right? Yeah. And being able to change that and make it more mindful for people yeah. that are consuming this food, especially in this age and time, right? Where we are, there's excess of food but also of the diseases that it brings. Like you rightly said, right, what we put in can either help us or harm us, and you're yeah. keeping us from the harm. So thank you for doing that. Right. I mean, we're in such a time right now, we're in the pandemic. Yes. Um, food is so important now, more than ever. I cannot stress how important food is. The food that we eat now should contain a lot of the healing properties for our bodies. You know, you've got turmeric, you've got ginger. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are really powerful ingredients. You've got olive oils. I mean, you've got ghee. I mean, these are anti-inflammatories. Mm -hmm. Add those ingredients to your body to help you fight any infections, any diseases. 
um, and, and make things easier for you. You know, if, I, I think a lot of, if you eat foods that have prana, mm -hmm. I have plants all over. I have a few plants right here. I have two plants up in the front. I'm all about, I, I should actually just show you something. Yeah. I have a huge squash oh, wow. right here in my kitchen. Um, but eating foods that have prana in you, it's, it's amazing what things, you know, what things can happen in your body with prana. It can fight off so many of these diseases. And even if you get something, any kind of infection, um, you're able to fight it mm -hmm. because your body is ready to fight that infection. So yeah, food, food plays a huge part in our life. Let me ask you this, you know, can I just work out and, and, you know, do yoga and meditation and just be healthy? You know, 80% of, you know, what we do is have food, right? 80% is food. 20% is what we do as far as yoga, meditation. Mm -hmm. I work out four times a week. My husband works out almost every day, um, but it's not enough. Um, the food is more important because 80% of what we put in our mouth is going to have an effect on our body. Mm -hmm. um, how are we building our tissue back? Um, are we going to be energetic? Um, and are we going to be able to, um, you know, sustain another workout? It's so important. The food, you know, if you're going to work out and then you're just going to pop some pills mm -hmm. and just take this protein powder and just, you know, continually just do that. I don't take protein powders and I don't pop any pills. Um, you know, he doesn't do it. Dilip doesn't do it. Um, so, you know, for us, it's so important um, that the food is actually able to, you know, take us along this journey. So 80% is food. Yeah, it's going to have an effect. So meditation and yoga, yes, we can do all the meditation yoga. I can do all the workouts. Um, you know, I still do. I do my meditation. I still do my yoga. But it's not enough. I think everything goes hand in hand. The food is important. In Ayurveda, we talk about food. We talk about mind-body connection um, and the four basics. Food plays a huge part. And yeah, no doubt, food plays a you know, huge part. So yeah, eat the right foods and work out and meditate and we'll be on your way. I'm curious to know your thoughts on sugar. So sugar, anything processed, I would not do. Mm -hmm. Ayurveda does not tell you not to eat the sweet. In Ayurveda, we talk about the six tastes, sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, and astringent. Mm -hmm. Sweet is the first taste. That's the first taste that we're going to digest. But by me, by sweet, by me saying sweet, it doesn't mean it's processed sugar. Mm -hmm. Sweet could easily come from sweet potatoes. Right. It can come from carrots, which are also pungent. Mm -hmm. um, sweet can be honey. It can be dates. Natural sweetness comes from a lot of the fruits like grapes and apples. Um, so we can get a lot of sweet and still satisfy our body with the sweet taste. Um, processed sugars become rajasic and tamasic. Mm -hmm. um, sweet sugars like coming from jaggery or dates or honey um, are sattvic. So you want to have, you want to switch out the sweets you know, with the artificial stuff, with the natural stuff. Not all the sweets are the same. 
not all sweets are the same. We eat rice and wheat, right? So rice and wheat is sweet. And that will still satisfy your sweet taste in your in your body. So very important. That's one of my classes that I do also on the six tastes with the six stages of digestion and your body tissues, how it affects your seven body tissues. Um, but sweet, um, you know, emotionally, when we talk about um, food and the sweet taste, um, the sweeter the food tastes, um, it's associated with our happiness. Cool. You know, it's associated with contentment, mm-hmm. right? you get, uh, you know, you're, you're eating a chocolate cake and, and now you're so content and it just gave you this happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheerfulness, it's love, but it doesn't have to be artificial sugars. Mm-hmm. You can still get that same emotion by switching out the right sweets, mm-hmm. um, right natural sweets is what I'm talking about. Makes sense. Let's talk about the pandemic. It has, I'm thinking, had an impact on what you do and and the business. So tell us a little more about that. You know, in March, when the pandemic started and the shutdown started, in the beginning, it was not the uncertainty, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, Are we going to be able to sustain ourselves and stay open? Um, You know, how is this going to all work out? But having done the meditation, you know, I, I did feel fearful in the beginning, uh, but then stepping back, taking a breather, and then just recreating and starting back. How can I service my customers? Um, so we did a lot of online, online shipping, online orders. Um, we did a lot of the curbside. We did a lot of the local deliveries um, and then turning into virtual. So how can I still offer my workshops, Mm -hmm. but then go virtual on the classes? Um, So just having to reinvent and recreate um, and still being able to to give the services. And it's it's been a blessing. It truly has been a blessing. You know, when the the lockdown happened, your business was essentially shut down and, you know, you took a financial hit. But instead of saving costs, you used your facility to build nutritious and, and immunity building food and you distributed that in the community. Yes. That's such a generous gesture from your end. Why, why do such a thing? You know, why not, right? Why not? Um, so for me, it was very important. Why not pivot and change? You know, we all have our, our daily roles to play um, as an owner, as a as a chef, as you know, as a marketing person, um, whatever you're doing, why not change? Why not help? You know, the community is amazing, um, and I know that Ole Oliva has the morals and ethics in place where where we are part of the community. If anyone needs the help, we are there. If anyone calls on us, we are there. Um, for me, it was really important you know, especially orphans. We forgot the orphans. And one of the places that I did donate food to was an orphanage, a local orphanage, 42 children, beautiful children, and 20 staff members. We forget that they were also impacted by COVID. Um, So not just feeding the immune boosting meals um, with a lot of the healing spices that I do, fenugreek and, and turmeric and ginger. I did a lot of the Buddha bowls for them. 
um, not just the healthcare workers and the frontline workers, the pharmacists um, that were filling in prescriptions. But I think for me, what was at the heart was my 42 orphans. Um, you know, it, it's a local uh, orphanage here in Marietta, and and how can we not do that for them? So, you know, I kept myself busy. I said, how can I use this kitchen that I've been blessed with and provide food for those that need it? So, you know, although we did... 700 meals um, and then I stopped. I'm still continuing to, you saw this beautiful big, big yes. squash. Um, so we've got another 100 meals planned right now to donate. Um, and I think that's gonna continue, um, you know, at least once or twice a month um, until, you know, the need is not there anymore. But it's so important to give back. It's, it's a beautiful community and um, that's what we do as entrepreneurs. Um, you have to give. Uh, and, and you have to give when it's needed the most. How can I improve somebody else's life? Um, how can I make sure that they are eating the most healthiest food? The frontline workers, they're on their feet all the time. Mm -hmm. They need to have that energy um, to keep them going. And if they're not eating the right foods, they're gonna be so tired by the end of the day. The foods that I will give and provide will have that energy in them. They will have the prana in them. Um, so, so important to give the right foods at the right time. Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's inspiring on so many levels. And unfortunately, it's also not very intuitive in today's world. So thank you for doing what you've done to you and, and to your entire family. That's it's really you. amazing. Yeah. My now, pleasure. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to do it. It's my passion. It's my love to do that. I love to feed. Uh, people, healthy meals. Yeah. It's so beautiful. You know, it, it makes me want to ask you a couple of questions that kind of getting to know a little more of you. One is when you made the switch to becoming an entrepreneur, right, what have you learned about yourself now that you are an entrepreneur? You know, so many things I've learned about myself. Um, you know, I've learned resilience. I've learned patience. I have learned that this change will remain for us for a while, with us for a while. Um, you learn to step back. And, you know, it, it's about saying, wow, I own this company mm -hmm. and I can step back and I can say, I'm changing lives. I can help change lives. And that's very empowering. Um, when I can do that for someone and it's acknowledged on the other end, you know, and my faith is what keeps me going. So yeah, resilience, patience, um, just stepping back, pausing a little bit, um, taking in my five senses, mm -hmm. uh, understanding um, and setting my intention and my goal, a clear goal of what, what we really are and who we really are. That's so beautiful. Is there, something on top of that that you've learned during COVID? You know, I've learned, um, you know, I've learned that I can pivot and change. Mm -hmm. um, I can pivot and change, um, not just in my professional arena, I can pivot and change um, in my personal life as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think my faith is deeper. Uh, it, it, it has shown me strength 
it has shown me um, that I am capable and I can do um, other things that that I never knew I could do. I didn't know I had that courage in me to to do certain things. And and wow, you know, it's been four or five months now, and you learn every day. You learn something new about yourself and how to how to deal with certain situations and how can you improve on certain situations. You know, we all make mistakes, but are we going to let our mistakes ruin everything or are we going to learn from our mistakes and grow? And I'm on this side where I want to grow and, and sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. That, so. You know, I'm struggling to come up with words, but like you, you know, you said it, I think is having that courage despite having the clarity, right? That we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but what don't can know. we do today? And what can we do to have the faith that tomorrow may be good, right? It, it may not be, but uh, making the right decisions. Uh, and I think that comes from the, the clarity that, uh, you know, putting the right food in and, and getting the, the right kind of thoughts. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me, what is your inspiration and motivation you know my inspiration and my motivation comes from my father mm -hmm. my father passed away last year i had him with me for 23 years mm -hmm. and i miss him I miss him tremendously every single day um, he inspired me to do my best when six years ago when i uh, was looking to do this mm -hmm. um, he was my number one advocate he was like you can do this. You have it in you. You've got to do this. And I'm here. I'm, I'm going to be here supporting you every step of the way. I learned so much from him through his businesses. Um, I ran some of his businesses for him and he was always my go-to person. Um, my dad was a very quiet man. Um, sometimes I used to tell him, dad, you should have been a Brahmin. <laughs> um, I don't know why you're not a Brahmin, um, but yes, um, he was my inspiration, still is my inspiration. I have his photograph in my office right there, um, and I speak to him every single day. Um, he's my motivation. If I feel like I'm not feeling um, clear on something, say, Dad, what would you do? You know, and then I'd step back and sleep on it and come back and I'll have a clear answer. Um, so yeah, dad's my motivation, my inspiration, 100%. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I'm sure he's looking down on you and yes. really happy at what you're doing, especially with, you know, even in, even in a place of, you know, times, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is so amazing. So you're, you're making him proud every single day. Thank you. Thank you. If you had 30 days to learn something, mm -hmm. what would you pick and why? So if I had 30 days to learn something, I would definitely want to go back to my silence. Um, I would want to do a silent retreat for 30 days. Vipassana meditation is what I've been looking at for the longest time mm -hmm. and, and doing it in silence, not just for 10 days, but I could do it for 30 days. I could do it for two months. And I'm looking at, you know, like a two month retreat and I've been looking at that that's been on my bucket list for the longest time and so yeah i think it's going to happen pretty soon so yeah vipassana meditation and just being in silence for that long of, it's a challenging thing um to be in silence yeah. 
and it takes a lot out of you, mm -hmm. um, but it also makes you a better person because you really learn to see who you really are from the outside. And um, yes, so that's what I would love to do. Well, I, I wish you all the luck. I've done the, the 10 day, I've done it twice. The first time around it was because I wanted to escape. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I got through the first three or four days. The second time I went, <laughs> and, and the first three or four days were extremely challenging because I wasn't planning to escape from anything or I didn't want to escape from anything. But, you know, the, the 10 days are, is, you kind of get to a place where, you know, the fifth day you, you want to get more of this. And on the 10th day, you're almost sad to leave. So right. I don't know what the, the two month long will do. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking for the challenge. I'm looking forward to learning the um, further steps in meditation and just be at a different place, different level. Well, keep us posted on your plans and uh, we'll, we'll check in with Dilip while you're gone. Yes. <laughs> we'll see how much he's learning and enjoying. Yes. <laughs> Well, Smita, thank you so much. This was an amazing discussion. I learned so much and I'm really looking forward to learning more about Ayurveda. In fact, as part of this discussion, we, we picked up a book a couple of days ago so I can follow along what you're saying and, and hopefully you know, dive in and, and be on this path pretty soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nitin. Truly thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Smita. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh,